Welcome to The Overflow, the official podcast of The Block. The Block is a thriving young adult ministry of Celebration Church in New Orleans, full of exciting initiatives, faith-filled speakers, a lively community, and most importantly, God's presence. Our aim is that every person seeking fulfillment tunes in and walks away overflowing with knowledge, encouragement, love, and gratitude for the Word of God. We hope that you are both encouraged and challenged by today's conversation. Hey, y'all kind of started off slow, but we made it. Hallelujah. God bless you. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. As Ali said, this is part two of our series that we're calling Soil. And Soil, our Soil series, this is our vision series, okay? What we want to do with this series is cast vision. We want to set the tone for our ministry, okay? You can be anything you want, right? But there has to be a culture and a standard as to who you are that identifies you. Like when people look at your life, who do they say that you are? Well, they judge you based upon the things that you do. They judge you by the culture that you bring, the environment that you bring into the room, right? And so when we think about our ministry and when people come into our ministry, we want to have a, a, a ministry that is of soil, Soil, when we say soil, we want to have a ministry that's conducive to growth. Because we understand that when God wants to plant something, when anybody wants to plant something, the only way that that thing, the seed that's being planted can grow is if the soil is right. The only, the only way that a seed can grow in the ground is if the soil is right. Yes, you got to nurture it. Yes, it needs good sunlight. But you can do all the nurturing in the world that you want to do. But if the soil of the seed is not right, the soil would never grow. I mean, the seed would never grow. And so what we did is we began our series last week by examining the soil of our hearts. If God is going to plant a new word into our life, we've got to examine our soil. We've got to be sure that we have the type of heart that's conducive to growth, that when God gives us opportunity in our life, we can take that opportunity, seize it, and make sure it grows. Make sure we take the, the thing that God has given us and maximize its potential. When God plants people in our lives to help them grow, when God plants community in our lives, are we the fertile ground that these people can grow? And Jesus tells a parable that we looked at last week, um, and he gave an example of some bad soil. Jesus said that bad soil is hard ground. Meaning that when God tried to give you something, when God tried to share a word with you, when somebody else tried to share a word with you, you can't even receive it. And what happens is that the enemy comes in and snatches the word. So everything that God says about you, anything positive, anything good that anybody else says about you isn't receivable because your heart is hardened against it. The other thing that, he, that Jesus talked about is the rocky soil. Now, the rocky soil is the soil that hears a good word. And gets excited about it, receives it with joy. But, and you leave church like, man, worship was so good. We was in tears. We was crying. God spoke to me. The pastor did a good job. The word was good. But then it gets like Tuesday in the week. And that good word that you received can't sustain you through the week. Because there was rocks in your heart. Because you never allowed the word that was taught to you, the word that God shared with you, the experience, the encounter that you had with God. You never allowed it to take deep root in your heart. You never nurtured it. So even when you left, you never, you never continued in your prayer. You never followed up with community. You never stayed steady in your word. And because of that, when testing and hard times came, Jesus said that type of soil will lose the word it had because there were too many rocks in the soil. 
There's too many rocks in your heart. The third thing that Jesus said was there was this destructive thorns. And we identify destructive thorns as, uh, as things in our life that distract us, that even when we try to grow, these things hold us back from being who God's called us to be and doing what he's called us to do. Right. So we had we had rocky soil, uh, hard soil and thorns, destructive thorns. But tonight I want us to talk about good soil. If we're going to be good soil, what does good soil look like? If we're going to examine the soil, let's examine the good soil tonight. So I did some research this week and uh, there's going to be a picture on your screen. And I learned that there are certain components, specific components within soil that it facilitates growth, okay? There are specific components in the soil that helps facilitate growth. One of them is nitrogen. Nitrogen is largely responsible for the growth of leaves on the plant. Phosphorus is largely responsible for, for root growth and flower and fruit development. And potassium is a nutrient that helps the overall function of the plant perform growth correctly, right? And so again, there's, good soil has a makeup. There's something about good soil that helps it grow. And if the same is true for our lives, then I began to wonder, what is the specific element in the components that we must have in our lives that we may be good soil? And that's what we want to do for the rest of this series. For the rest of this series, we're going to be going step by step, giving you um, the components of what it looks like for you to have a heart that is good soil. And today, I want to talk about servanthood. I want to talk about servanthood because Jesus was good soil and he was a servant. And the Bible says that the son of man did not come to be served, but the son of man came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so if our goal as a ministry and if your goal as an individual is to be good soil so that you can grow the things that God has put in your life, you're going to need to know what it means to be a good servant. Not just any type of servant who just kind of do some things here and there and the other. You're going to need to know what it means to be a good servant. So I want you to read with me John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. And let's see what Jesus does as a representation of being good soil. It says this. It says, before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from the world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it... Now it was time for supper. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God and that he was going to and he was going back to God. So he got up from the supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with a towel tied around him. He said to Simon Peter, who asked, I mean, he came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you don't realize now, but afterwards you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. But Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Come on, somebody. One who has bathed, Jesus said, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet. But he who is completely clean, you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. So the passage we just read 
is that Jesus, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with this passage, Jesus stooped down to wash his disciples' feet. Can we just stop and understand the gravity of that moment? Matter of fact, I was, uh, you know, I always get up here and I tell myself, don't tell these type of stories. And then I get up here and I tell them anyways. All right, so here we go. I remember one time I was on the way to a basketball game, and I had, like, specific shoes for my basketball games, okay? Like, if I'm going to the game, I'm going to wear these pair of shoes, and I'm only going to wear these shoes for this game, and that's it. Well, one time, we were on the way to the game, and the game was, like, 20 minutes away, and we was already running late. And if you know me, I don't like being late. It's like a pet peeve. And I'm the starting point guard. And I'm the starting point guard. So, you know, I can't be late. I got to be on time. I got to be on time. I got to be on time, right? (laughs) Y'all do me this every week. I'm on my way to the game, right, and I take my shoes out of my bag, and the smell explodes in the car, and it's bad. I've been having these shoes for at least two, three years. It is bad. My mama turned, my mama, she turned off, she's like, "Uh uh-uh, throw them away. We got, we pulled over at the gas station, already late, threw my shoes away. She made me throw my shoes away. Then I had to go to the store and buy some new shoes, and I got to the game in the second quarter. Crazy. But then y'all got in the game, we came back, we won. You know, I'm, just, I'm like, that. I'm just playing. Wow. <laughs> the reason why I tell you that story is because that kind of smell is probably the smell that the disciples had. Their feet was terrible because I had shoes on, you know, shoes and socks, right? But the disciples, they didn't have that. They had sandals. And they, all they did all day was walk from village to village, from town to town. And Jesus was teaching and preaching, and they was walking around everywhere. Their feet smelled nasty, okay? Not only did their feet smell nasty, but obviously their feet was nasty because they had sandals. They had nothing to cover their shoes. So when they step in mud, they got mud all between their feet, dirt. It was just gross. They probably had ingrown toenails. It was just nasty, okay? But Jesus, being as great as he is, he's sitting at the supper table. Not the table, but he's laying down reclining for dinner, and he gets up to wash their nasty feet. That's disgusting. That's gross. And the thing you have to understand about Jesus' day, the culture in which they live, because they, they wore sandals and because they walked around so much and they, their feet were gross, when they went in to have dinner, there was always somebody there who would wash their feet. That was, and this was like a, a low-paying job, right? Like This is like the lowest of the lowest. This was a slave job. The slaves would, would, would come in and wash people's feet as they prepared for supper. And Jesus is laying down for supper, and he says, nobody's washing feet, so I'm going to get up and do it. This is, you got you to understand, this is a slave's job. This is the lowest of the lowest job in Jesus' culture and society. You don't wash people's feet if you're the teacher and you're the Lord of the universe. You don't do that. But Jesus, in his goodness, what did he do? He recognized an opportunity to serve. And can I just tell you, that that's your first point tonight. Your first point is that you need to recognize the opportunities for growth because Jesus recognized the opportunities for growth. And I think a lot of that has to do with our mindset, right? Because if I'm Jesus, well, this is the reason I'm not Jesus, rather, because when I sit down to eat, y'all can't bother me until I'm done. I'm chilling, okay? I got to finish my food first. And then when I finish my food, then we can handle our business, right? How many of you the same way? 
When you sit down to eat, oh, y'all nice. Y'all some good-hearted people. When you see me eating, just wait till I finish, and then come back and talk to me. Amen? Oh, y'all down bad. Y'all know y'all wrong for that. (laughs) But Jesus isn't like me. Jesus recognized the opportunity to serve, and he took it. And if we're going to be a ministry that is good soil, then we have to be able to recognize the opportunities that exist to serve. Good soil seizes an opportunity to serve because there are others focused. I think if we want to be better servants, if we want to be good servants, good soil that serves and serves well, then we have to live others focused. That's why Jesus was able to recognize the opportunity. Because I think in our lives, not just here in the ministry, but in our day-to-day lives, there are plenty of opportunities that we have to serve, but we don't recognize them. We don't recognize the, the, the opportunities that exist in our life to serve because we're only thinking about ourselves. Because we get to the point in our lives, for you, maybe it's not dinner, but maybe it's something different, right? You get to the point where it's only about you. And when life is about you, you miss the opportunity to serve other people. Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, I mean, chapter 2, verse 3 through 4, it says this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility... Consider others as more important than yourself. Everyone should look out not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others, right? And so again, this is a mindset change. If we want to be good servants, we have to change our mindset, the way we think about things, the way we think about other people. Paul says in Philippians that we should consider other people as more important than ourselves. Not looking out for what we can do, I'm trying to get me, I got to get mine, because right, that's what the culture we live in says, right? Get yours and let everybody else get theirs. As long as you got yours, as long as you got you, then you good. But that's not what the scripture teaches us. That's not what the scripture tells us is conducive to growth and being good soil. Rather, it's the opposite, that being good soil requires you to be others focused, to turn your attention from yourself to other people and to the people that's around you. No one did this better than Jesus. Even as he was sitting down reclining to eat, he decided that he was going to do the lowest job possible and wash other people's feet. And what I love about it is that Jesus shows us that this is what it looks like to be others focused. So you don't have to wait for opportunity. You recognize it. You see it. Right. Because you're thinking about, man, how can I serve other people? Can I just ask you the question? When's the last time you woke up and you asked yourself, you know what? What can I do today to serve somebody else? What can I do to look out for somebody else's interests? Because I know people have problems every day. They have situations. They have they f- people fall on hard times day in and day out. And I know the people around me can use a hand, but who can I help today? Because when we look at the life of Jesus, this is the life that Jesus lived. Jesus woke up every day and he decided, you know what? We're going to go out and we're going to serve. We're going to help people. Not just certain people, but Everybody. This is what Jesus did. And if we adopt the mentality, the Bible says, let the same mind that is in Christ Jesus be the mind that is in you. And if Jesus was a servant, then we are also called to be servants. And what I love about Jesus is that the Bible says next that he, after he got up from the supper, he said he laid aside his outer clothing and took a towel and tied it around himself. The king of the universe took off his robe and put on a towel so that he can serve other people. In other words, Jesus the Lord 
became Jesus the servant. Jesus the Lord became Jesus the servant. In other words, good soil maintains a posture of humility. Good soil maintains a posture of humility. Now, I don't know what, what is, let me ask you this, what is your robe? What, what robe of status do you need to take off so that you can pick up the towel in the basin and serve somebody else? What is it? For some of you, it's your accomplishment. You're way too degreed. You got way too many accomplishments going on. You've done way too much in your life to help certain people out. For others of you, maybe you just got too much money. You made too much money to help people out. Matter of fact, I'm not going to church and volunteer and serve because I give enough money. They got my money. Ain't that enough? Mm, I'm going to just let y'all, let me let that marinate in y'all spirit. Maybe it's your job, right? Maybe you just, you, your job, you, the, the church don't pay me enough to help them out because the, the world pays me, right? Um, maybe it's your role in society, whatever. But whatever status you have, whatever might be holding you back from serving the way God has called you to serve, the way God is calling you to volunteer, not just at the church, but even in your day-to-day life, whatever's holding you back, from serving the way God is calling you to serve, you need to take it off. You know why you need to take it off? Because the one who sits on heaven's throne, grab the towel in the basin, who are you? Who are you that you can't do the same thing that Jesus did? Because your status doesn't outstatus him. The accomplishments you have, it, it doesn't compare to the, accomplish, the accomplishments that he have. The money that you may have in the bank don't, com- don't even compare to the streets of gold that's sitting in heaven. It doesn't compare. There's nothing you have. There's nothing that you accumulated about yourself. There's, there's no manner of pride that you have that God doesn't have more in. That God doesn't have better. And if he himself moved with a posture of humility and served, then so should we. But it begins when we change our mindset and it begins when we change the posture of our heart. I remember when my mother, um, I was, I think it was like 6.30 in the morning on a Saturday. And you know, like when you get to get up for school all week, your Saturday is like a luxury. You get to sleep in. It's great. My mama busted in my room one day and was like, uh-uh, y'all need to get up. Somebody come throw this trash. I know you lying. It is 6.30 and you worried about the trash? Y'all know sometimes parents be mad because you get to go to sleep and they got to go back to work. I think it's one of those things. I think it's one. Y'all, I'm talking to my mom a lot, but like, God ain't done with her yet. She's still working on her. And so I'm mad because I know I'm the one who got to get up and throw the trash. My brother in the room, he sleep. So I get out of bed and I'm mad. Man, my mama, she get on my nerve. Y'all, y'all know how it is. My mama get my nerve, bro. She's going to wake me up in the morning. I don't like this, bro. Then she was back in the room. What you said? Nothing. I was, uh... <laughs> No, I was, no, I was talking to Kobe. She's like, uh-huh, yes, why? I thought Kobe on the bed sleep. Kobe, he wasn't even, he wasn't even up. I was just scared, right? But the reason I share that story, because when God asks us to do something, we have the same response. We have the exact same, God, I don't know why you ask me that. I want to do all these people. These people get on my nerve. They keep asking me to do all this stuff. I'm trying. He come back, what you said? God, I serve you. <laughs> Two words of you, I live. That's how we are. Don't lie, tell the truth, shame the devil. Right? But here's your next point. Good good soil does not grumble. Its work is wholehearted. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 through 15 says this. Do everything. Say everything. Do everything without grumbling and arguing 
so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. See, it's not just about what you do. It's about how you do it. Your attitude is just as important as what you're doing. You may be capable of doing a job, but is your attitude capable of doing a job? Because guess what? God cares about both. If you're going to do it grudgingly, you might as well not even do it at all. Because if you're going to do it grudgingly, then your heart's not ready. Your mind is not in the right spot, right? There needs to be some humility developed within your heart. Because if God, is the, if God who's, who's died and rose for you has called you and asked you to, to do something, he's called you to do it, the only appropriate response is yes. The only appropriate response is, God, it may be hard for me, but I'll do it anyways. God, I may not want to do it, but God, I'll do it anyways because you're good. And this is a response of what you did for me. And Jesus, if anybody can grumble at this moment, Jesus can grumble. Jesus can grumble because he's laying down with 12 other people that he's walked with for three years. And guess what? He could have been thinking to himself, y'all should have seized this opportunity. Y'all should have recognized that somebody, that nobody was here to wash our feet and y'all should have did it. But Jesus gets up, gets up and he do it. He does it anyways. But another reason why Jesus can grumble, because his enemies in the room. Judas, the one who Jesus, as we read, knew would portray him, was still in the room. So when Jesus got to washing feet, he got to washing John's feet. He got to, re, uh, to washing James' feet. Then he got to Peter's feet, and Peter was, like, doing the most. And he, Peter was like, and Jesus was like, relax, okay? I'm just going to wash your feet. I ain't about to bathe you. You're doing too much, all right? But then he gets to, then he gets to Judas, and Jesus knows that Judas is his betrayer, and Jesus is faced with a test. Will Jesus wash his enemy's feet whom he knows needs a bath? Peter don't need a bath because Peter's clean. But Jesus knows that Judas is not clean, and if anybody in the room needs a bath, it's Judas. But Jesus is faced with the the opportunity. Will he wash Judas' feet? Not only that, when they sit down and have supper, will Judas get to eat? Remember last week we talked about test as opportunity and we talked about the rocky soil and making sure that the word that we get in our, that we receive from the Lord takes deep root in our hearts so that we can be mature, that we can grow. This is Jesus' test and opportunity to practice what he preached, right? To, be, to, to display further humility. Jesus knows the, the, the passage in Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. This is what it says. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Jesus, no. See, when, when, we, when I heard this word growing up, we shouted. Oh, we ran around the church. When, you mean to tell me that God, the people who coming against me, all my haters, God going to put a table and they going to have to watch me eat? Oh, whoo, we shouted on that one. We shouted. But see, that's what it looks like to receive the word with joy, but never allow it to take deep root in your life. Never allow the word to mature you in your life. Because Jesus read this verse, and he's not concerned with being able to eat at the table with his enemies and watch his enemies eat. Jesus is concerned with his enemies being there and making sure they eat. Making sure that they're fed. Because that's what good good soil will serve anybody. Good soil doesn't have a preference. Good soil doesn't care who you are. When you serve, you just serve. You will even serve your enemies. Jesus take it a step, took it a step further. He said, don't just serve your enemy. He said, love your enemies like you love yourself. Love them 
with everything that you have to give. Because why? That's what Jesus did for us. And if Judas was able to eat at the table with Jesus, who was about to betray him, and Jesus was about to die in the next few hours, then so should we. The people in our lives that frustrate us, that anger us, that just make it hard to be a follower of Jesus. Sometimes you would just want to give them some explicits because they just get on your nerves that bad. But Jesus is challenging us. He's calling us that if we're going to be good soil, we can't just serve the people we want to serve. We can't just serve when we want to serve. We've got to serve when God calls us to serve. We've got to serve when we recognize the opportunity. I'm going to jump down to John chapter 13, verse 12. It says this, when Jesus had washed their feet and put on his, his outer clothes, he, recl- he reclined again and said to them, do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly since that's what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I am giving you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is no greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You want to know why good soil will serve anybody? Because good soil knows its true master. Good soil will serve anybody because good soil knows its true master. That even though I'm serving you, I'm really serving the Lord. Even though I'm serving you, I'm really serving the king. So it don't matter what you do to me. It don't matter what you say to me. I'm here because I've been called here. I'm getting involved because I've been called here. I'm doing things despite the turmoil, despite the opposition, despite the hardship. Why? Because I understand that my master sits in heaven. That the one who lords over me, lords over you. And vengeance is his. And if you mistreat me, if you do me wrong, guess what? God has something for you. But if he got something for you for doing wrong, guess what? He got something for me for doing right. He got something for me for being obedient. This is what Colossians chapter 3 verses 22 through 24 says. It says, don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but work wholeheartedly, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the award, the, the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Jesus Christ. A servant with good soil has their expectations set on their heavenly reward. A servant with good soil has their expectations set on their heavenly reward. And the reason why that point is so important is because sometimes we stop serving the way the Lord has called us to because we don't feel like we're getting what we deserve in return from human people. But can I just tell you, there's a currency that you're building in heaven that's far, that's far, that weighs far more than the currency on this earth. And if your expectations are set on the reward that you'll receive in heaven, you won't have enough to sustain you to the end. You won't be the good soil servant that God is calling you to be to the end because you want to focus on what people will give you here. But guess what? Anything people give you here will dwindle away. It'll perish. It doesn't last long. But if you set your hopes on things eternal, the things that God has in store for you in the future, in heaven, for eternity, will never fight away. You always have it. You'll always keep it. But it just has to be enough for you. You got to get to a point in yourself that you'll say, okay, I'm going to serve 
and I'm not going to worry about what people give me. I'll accept it. I'll appreciate it. But what I'm really concerned about, what my expectation lies, is that the Lord will give me a reward when I get into heaven. And part of that reward is heaven itself. It's communion with the Father. I want to end with this last verse in Matthew chapter 25, verse 23. It says this. It said, Jesus said that his master said to him, the, the, Jesus will say to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. When we talk about being a servant, when we talk about being good soil, it's not that you have to be good at what you're serving at. You need to be faithful. All God is calling you to do is be faithful. And if you can be faithful, if you can live your life being faithful, then God is saying there's going to be a reward that you'll have more when you get to heaven. But it starts with being faithful right now. So you must ask yourself, what are the opportunities that exist in your life right now that you can be a servant the way that God is calling you to serve? What need do the people around you have that if you can meet their need, you would be good soil and serve the way God is calling you to serve? Because that's what God is calling us to do. Because the thing is, when we get to the end of our life, we're all going to stand before the Lord. And the only thing that we want to hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. But that starts today. That starts right now. That starts with you making a decision today that you're going to be good soil, that you're going to be a servant no matter what. All of you have, when you received, when you walked in this morning, you received, um, this, this evening, sorry, you received a yellow sheet. You got that sheet? Wave it at me. Wave it at me. You should have your sheet. On your sheet, there's an opportunity for you to, to get plugged in and you get involved so that you can serve. If you're looking for a service opportunity, somewhere you can plug in, where you can get involved. We're going to be rolling out more serving opportunities in the future, in the next couple of weeks. We want to be able to follow up with you and connect with you because we believe, again, if we want to have a ministry that is good soil, it's going to start with making sure that everybody has the opportunity to put this into practice here. Because if you can do it here, then you'll also be pushed to go do it out there, Right? We want to be a, a culture and community that knows, okay, when they get together, they serve. That's why every now and then we go feed the homeless like we did Saturday, right? Because we want to serve everybody, not just the rich, but even the poor, not just the people in our families, in our community, but even strangers. No matter who God's calling us to, no matter what we're doing, we want to be available servants to anybody. Why? Because our master has called us to it. Because Jesus has set the tone for our lives. If he, as the Lord and Savior, served, then we must also follow suit. Let me pray for us. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you and we bless you. Father, I pray for each and every person, God, under the sound of my voice, God, that you would help us, Lord, be good soil. God, we want to receive all the components, Father, that it makes to be good soil, Lord. And God, if serving the way you call us to serve is a part of that, Lord, I pray that you would stir in our hearts, God, and you would give us the energy, the strength, the confidence, Father, the humility, God, the mentality to be others-focused that is required, God, to seize every opportunity to serve that you call us to. Father, I pray that you would protect us, God. I pray that you would keep us as we leave this place. God, I pray that we can get to the end of our life and say, God, we are good and faithful servants the way you have called us to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. You can keep up with us by following our Instagram by searching at the Block NOLA. Again, thanks for listening to the Block Podcast.